Yo, what's going on, everybody? We are back, Linen Closet Podcast with Alex Craze. Unfortunately, there is no Alex Craze tonight. I am rolling solo tonight, but it's all good. We uh, <clears throat> have a lot to talk about. I know y'all have wondered where the hell y'all been at. <laughs> where have y'all been? And I apologize, and I promise to make up for it tonight with the biggest announcement we have ever had. The biggest announcement in show history. And for those of you that are new to the show, you're like, so what's that mean? <laughs> I've never seen you announce anything. Sounds like you're lying. Uh, but for those of you that have been rocking with us forever, it really is. This news is bigger than, no offense, because it's nothing but love with JT and Cam and all them, but bigger than when we announced we were going to be a, um, a live radio show. For takeoversportsmedia.com. Uh, this is this is the biggest news we've got so far. So thank y'all so much for tuning in. Um, before we get to all of that, I, I do want to say y'all have no idea how much it means to me that y'all are still rocking with us and everything. It has been a minute since we did a show. And y'all were very polite about it. Y'all were a lot more polite than I would have been. But I got a bunch of, uh, what the hell, man? <laughs> What are y'all doing? Where, Where is the podcast? I would like some new content. So <clears throat> even though it's been a minute, I promise the news that I am about to give to you will more than make up for it. So much so that you got to sit through it. I mean, otherwise, I don't think you would sit through it if it were just me. You know, like, you know, the better half of the show isn't even here. I don't think I'm going to listen to this. <laughs> now, we will get Alex back as soon as possible but y'all already know he's he's married he's doing the dad thing like y'all let the man have his space he'll come bless us when he can i promise i'm gonna make him do it and if i can't make him do it y'all just start tweeting at him alex is the least confrontational person in the world y'all start tweeting at him and be like damn it now i gotta go do it (laughs) but um we do have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight uh we will get into i mean we've missed all the football season so far so I do want to dive into some of that. We will obviously talk about the Dallas Cowboys, the player empowerment um, era of the NFL. I have to, not have to, I'm going to review it, Chapter 2. Obviously, that'll be spoiler-free. And because I haven't had an opportunity to talk about it since it's been a thing, I would like to review Post Malone's album, Hollywood's Bleeding. But before all of that, I feel like it's only fair that we start by actually making the announcement, Yeah. So, without any further ado, we are launching our own website, linencloset.com. And this might not sound like a big deal, but essentially what it is, is this opportunity for us to do literally all the things that we've been wanting to do this entire time. As y'all know, uh, being a weekly show, that <laughs> hasn't been weekly over the last two months, but you, you do know that the idea of the show, it's a weekly show. And we love to talk about movies and music and to talk about nothing. And from what I can tell, the the audience prefers when we talk about nothing. But, I mean, we only have so much time. We can only convince you to listen to us for like an hour and a half. Over an hour and a half, you're like, yeah, dude, I'm good. Unless I'm interviewing Kate Trentham. Then all the groupies come out. <laughs> They'd have listened to two more hours of that, I'm pretty sure. And I'm pretty sure not a single one of them has listened again. Shout out to Kate, though. Since we get a chance to interview Kate again, I'd like to bring Kate back in here. But 
you know, we only have so much time. And if we're talking once a week, there are so many sports things that we have to talk about that I'm taking what would be an entire episode to review a movie and I'm breaking it down in four minutes. Essentially, all I'm telling you is like, yeah, it was really good. I give it like a seven out of ten. You should go check it out. Whereas (laughs) I could have talked for 40 minutes about that. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Um, yeah, for those of you that are familiar with the show, been listening for a long time, you were familiar with the homie Was. Shout out to Was. Um, that's Wesley Potts, for those of you that don't know. He's who I pretty much go see literally every single movie with. And we've been talking about doing a movie podcast for a very long time, and now we have the chance to do that. Um, the idea that we're thinking about right now, and we're going to try it out and, and see how it goes. If the audio just isn't there for it, then we'll, we'll figure something out or figure something else out. But the idea that we're thinking about right now is to literally <clears throat> just have the laptop in the car with us. So the, qual- the audio quality is going to be tough because I don't know about having uh, this entire like soundboard and microphone and everything in the car. So we might try the built-in mic uh, and we'll see how it goes. But the idea is to review it on the drive home. Like you're getting your initial reaction. Um, and a- another thing I've been wanting to do, the like I said, when we talk about absolutely nothing, y'all love that. We love doing it. And literally all the feedback that we get, because the, you know, for the most part, the same, the people that listen to the show are the same ones listening to every single episode. So we don't get a whole lot of feedback in terms of like, yeah, I don't like when y'all talk about the Cowboys, <laughs> you know what I mean? But the feedback that we do get is usually, um, yo, that, that, you know, when y'all were talking about blank, it was hilarious. And that's when we're talking about absolutely nothing. And now we have the chance to maybe do like a full version of that. I mean, I don't know how many of y'all are um, fans of Jesus and Marrow. I don't know how many of y'all are Bodega High. But if you ever, ever listen to their podcast, they literally will talk for over an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, and they don't ever talk about anything. And it's hilarious. So I would love to get something like that going on. But no, to make up for that huge, huge, huge time period where we gave you zero content, we are going to make up for it by giving you more content than you ever asked for. <laughs> uh, we're also going to, I don't want to, I don't want to put too much pressure on it, but I think we're going to start blogging again. Again, for those of you that have been here from the jump, this started because I was blogging and I'd always wanted to do a show. Um, the blogging was just kind of a way to get someone to give me the opportunity to start a show. I didn't want to just start a show out of the blue. I wanted like it to be a part of something else. And then I was like, oh, no, I would just rather do this on my own. But, (laughs) oh, the biggest news out of all of it, though, for those of you that, uh, no, this applies to everybody. I'm not even going to act like it doesn't. The show will also be available on Spotify. And soon it will also be available on iTunes. So for all I know, some of you are already listening to this on Spotify. And if so, that is awesome. Um, For those of you wondering, we will still be a part of You Can Argue That Sports. So, so far, I mean, to this point, you had always been listening off of their SoundCloud account. You will still be able to find it there. Uh, there will just be other places to find it. And until we start getting more numbers and start to get an idea of which we really would like for y'all to listen to it on, check them out on any device. You know what? Actually, uh, just listen to them on all of them. <laughs> start on the SoundCloud one and then listen to it on Spotify. And... If you if you don't want to listen to it twice, literally, you're sitting at the crib, you're doing absolutely nothing, click play, just turn the volume down. Like, who's that hurting? 
Give us these plates. We need these sponsors so we can get better equipment. Trying to get some a, a much better software. The microphones we got, they're fine. The headphones are fine. It's the software that we really, really, really want to improve on. So get us these clicks, get us these sponsors, and, and let's make let's make it sound actually professional. Like it's not me doing it. <laughs> um trying to think of more what else the, the the website will include, but um, just more than anything, it's just more content. You will be getting, again, like I said, more content than you ever asked for. But um, I'm I'm glad that it's starting when it is, and I haven't given you a date on that yet because I, we're kind of playing it by ear right now. But shout out to the big homie that's made all of this possible. Uh, he asked me not to use his name because he's modest. But Luke Batchelder, shout out to the homie Luke Batchelder. I want to tell y'all this story. I know y'all don't care, but I'm telling you anyway. This man hit me up two weekends ago. Two weekends ago. And was like, yo, I want to build a website for the podcast, for the show. And literally, it's, it hasn't even been two weeks. It was the night of uh, LSU, Texas. And... I immediately replied, yes, that sounds amazing. And that night, he's already sent me logos and everything. We tweeted those out. Um, we will tweet them out again. Uh, there's a few different ones, though. So if y'all want to see all of them, um, hit me up on Twitter, at Tyler underscore Lena DM me. I'll show you all the options. I think we have the one that we're going to go with picked out. But if enough of y'all say y'all like the other one, then we'll go with it. But <clears throat> he hit me up that night again with the... Uh, with the logo and everything, and just straight up was like, yo, I need, you know, a, a, a this, that, the third. And I don't want to give anything away about the website itself. I, I want y'all to experience that, you know, I don't want to give anything away about it. But he hit me up that night and just immediately was already going to work. It has been not even two full weeks, and by the time y'all hear this episode, the site may, may, may have launched already. Um, the man has been putting in work. He literally, we were FaceTiming today just so he could show it all to me and everything. And it was literally like, yeah, we just need content at this point. Like, if you could get an episode out, that would be really cool because then, like, that's what we're waiting on. We're waiting on you, Tyler. And I was like, oh, my fault. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll get back into blogging and everything. And, and like I said, I'm especially excited about, you know, the timing of it because, as y'all know, uh, I live in spooky season. Spooky season might be like a month for y'all. I just live in it. But I do get very excited when everybody else is getting into it. And um, every month of October, I try to see how many movies I can watch. And I, I think that would be a great like thread of blogs to do. Not actually, I mean, I'm not going to review 1978's Halloween, you know what I mean? But I think for those of, for other people who are interested, for other people who are trying to do the same thing just once every few days. But uh, you know, this week, we've watched blank, 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 and blank. And it would be a really cool experience, I think, for to do with the audience. You know what I mean? Like, y'all, what are we watching this Friday night? You know what I mean? And we'll talk about it on the next episode or whatever. So, like I said, I, I think I've talked about it as much as I can without trying to give anything away. Um, I want everyone in the world to know about it, but I don't want to spoil anything for y'all. I want y'all to just see how good it looks and, and, and what it all will lead to. So, that being said... Um, I'm hoping there is maybe some some new listeners and everything. So I know that the point of the website is that we no longer have to talk 
sports, 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 and movies and music all in one. But just in case there's anybody new, I want to give you an idea, not of what the podcast will be, because the podcast itself isn't changing at all. Um, Dealing in Closet with Alex Craze will still be what it's always been. We just have the opportunity now to do other stuff. And it'll it'll all be under the same feed. It's not going to be, we're not starting, you know, a, a, another show where this is Linen Closet and then this is Tyler's movie. No, we will, obviously, when you're looking at it, you won't be confused. It will say, you know, movie review with was or whatever. But um, once you give you an idea of just what we will be doing now, like what the website will be. So this will be one of those final times where we actually do talk sports, 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 and then nothing, and then... Uh, like I said, we're going to review it chapter two tonight, spoiler free. So don't be like, ah, I haven't seen it yet. I don't want to listen to this. And uh, again, because I haven't gotten a chance to talk about it since it came out, I would like to talk about Post Malone's Hollywood's Bleeding. And uh, I feel like we should start with the Cowboys, right? And I really don't have that much to say about the Cowboys. I mean, if you've watched the first two weeks, like what the hell are we supposed to talk about? They're playing the Dolphins this weekend in their 20. 20- Speaking of. Speaking of, the Dolphins announced today that Josh Rosen is going to be the starting quarterback. And, like, what are y'all doing? I mean, the answer to that is very clear. They are tanking. They are actively tanking probably harder than I've ever seen an NFL team do in my lifetime. I don't think we've ever seen someone, a team, actively tank this hard. I don't know. There was the the suck for luck. That was a thing. But they did not take it to this extent. And that's the thing. I've never seen a team tank harder than this. So what do they do? Put Josh Rosen in this situation? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was texting. I know Alex couldn't be here tonight, but we were texting the other day before the announcement had been made, and we were just talking about, you know, because of how much money they have, they will have $160 million to spend this offseason. And at the time, I believe they had 12 draft picks. So now what? What they're up to <clears throat> 14, I believe, for this year alone. Maybe 13. But who knows? By the time, as we're recording this, I'm sure they've made two more trades. <laughs> like, but we were talking about, so do you play Josh Rosen at all this season? And we both agreed, no. I wouldn't put him out there at all. I'm not putting him in this situation. Maybe. Maybe if it were like week 15, and the three games you had left were, uh, you know, two for sure playoff teams and one team that for sure isn't making it. Like in that situation, like, okay, maybe we'll, we'll see what he had, whatever. But for the people saying, well, no, you got to see what you have in Josh Rosen, you're not going to be able to do that. Not with this team. <laughs> like, you are not going to be able to see anything. other. I mean, he might get hurt or just get worse. But you're not going to be able to see, like, you're, you're just not. And again, for all those people, no, the evaluators, they know what they're doing. No, like, this is so bad of a team with such a bad offensive line. He's going to get killed. You're not going to learn anything about Josh Rosen. And the unfortunate part of all of it, I thought he was dealt a shitty hand when he got drafted by the Cardinals. And then immediately they fire Steve Wilkes, bring in Cliff Kingsbury, and he drafts Kyler Murray. And then he gets sent to the Dolphins, and that felt even worse. And now he's having to play for this team? What's going to happen is, they're okay, I don't think they're going to draft Tua this year. We'll see. I mean, they have all that money. If they are able to, to sign, you just throw tons of money at people, you start to build a decent little 
uh, squad that's young, maybe in that scenario you go ahead and draft Tua, but I wouldn't. I would draft the best player available at each you know each time you're on the board. And I mean, you've committed this far. You're probably going to do it again next year and take Trevor Lawrence. So I guess that does give if you've committed to Josh Rosen at this second and you're going to give him this entire season and next. Maybe at that point you do learn if you have something in him or not. But what's going to happen is he's going to be so bad, literally nobody is going to have any clue if he's any good. And he might, like, we're getting dangerously close to him never getting a real chance. And this was a dude who was, what, like the 12th pick of the draft? And I have to admit, I was wrong, but I thought he might just be, like, the best. I mean, I thought. Of all that, you know, that draft class, there were, what, four quarterbacks in the first round that year? I really thought he might be the one that I would assume take a chance on. Like, I wasn't that big on Josh Allen. I, I, I mean, Baker's different. But right here, right now, I don't think any of us have any clue if Baker's any good. I think he may have fooled all of us last year. I didn't see his first game where they got killed by the Titans who aren't any good at all. But sitting there watching that Monday night football game just a couple nights ago, that's a game that they win, like, what was it, 23-3? to And late in the game, I don't remember it exactly, but his, stat, his, his line for the night was, like, 19-41. of 41. Like, you've been up by 20 this entire game. How are you 19-41, of 41, dude? <laughs> but it's crazy to think Josh Rosen really, really might not get a chance. If they're going to go this route, I mean, 100%, unless he just takes off which he's not going to get the chance to do, I don't think. They either take two of this year or Trevor Lawrence next year. And I do think at that point, because there's like a, a, a huge shortage of actually good quarterbacks in the NFL, somebody's going to give him a chance. Somebody's going to pay him. But how much? For for how much? Or will it be a backup thing? And even if it is a starting job, one, it's not going to be near the money he could have gotten if he would have let that most you know, first round top 10 quarterbacks would have gotten on their second contract. But he will have also wasted either four or five years of his career to even get to that point. And I just think he is way too, way too good of a quarterback to be in this position. Speaking of, we'll, I'll actually talk some Cowboys now. Um, I'm not known for extremely hot takes, <laughs> but the thing that I am by far the most notorious for in this moment is for being a quote-unquote Dak hater. And the funny thing is I wasn't. I wasn't until y'all started tweeting at me every single day. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, all right, I'll just accept it. Maybe I do hate Dak. I don't know. But the hot take was that I, I literally looked at a list of every starting quarterback in the NFL and I said, I think he's the 17th best quarterback in the NFL. The 17th. Dude, how is that even an insult? If you told me I was the 17th best at anything in the world, I'd be like, damn, we're doing pretty good. Even if there were only 16 people who did that, I'm like, hey, I'm still the 17th best. But apparently that means I hate Dak Prescott. I think he's just awful. And don't know if you've watched the Cowboys this season, but if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely have. You watch both games. And yeah, they've... Killed both teams. They played what might be behind the Dolphins, the worst team in the league, and the Giants. 
I don't know. Now that they're going with Daniel Jones, that very well might change. But at that moment, they were, what, bottom three? Bottom, They were for sure a bottom five team in the league. And then you play the racial slurs who really aren't any better. And every Sunday, and y'all even be hitting me up during the week about it. I don't tweet about Dak. And y'all just at me. <laughs> I didn't even tweet anything. You're just, so, Dak Prescott still suck. My favorite is every Sunday, though, all the, uh, Oh, you Dak haters are being awful quiet. You don't have anything to say today? Like, no, I don't. You had a perfect QBR. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to say? Yeah, Do y'all think I'm just going out of my way to pick apart every single negative play Dak Prescott has for a game? Because if we want to play that game, I mean, I'm, I'm down to start. But no, literally, every Sunday I've got, what, 10, 15 people in my mentions talking about, oh, your boy Dak, yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, he's he's been good. I'm happy. The Cowboys are winning. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't get satisfaction from watching him be mediocre. I don't. <laughs> and I'm not going to double down on this. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and act like I haven't adjusted my rankings at all. I will, because I'm the first person in the world to to make to remind you when I was right about something. I'm also the first person to remind you when I was wrong. The most wrong I've been in a long time. One of the people I had above Dak Prescott was Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> and it turns out he's just not very good at football, I don't think. And a lot of people thought that when he was drafted. Above Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. That's rough. <laughs> But I do have to ask you this question for everyone who keeps tweeting at me because I'm the decator. You really don't think there's at least 10, 12 quarterbacks who could have done exactly what he's done through these first two games? I mean, (laughs) the thing is, Kellen Moore might just be the best thing that ever happened. To the, in my lifetime, Kellen Moore being the backup quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys might just be the best thing that ever happened. Because if you don't have him on your team, if you don't have him as the backup quarterback, he doesn't go on to become your offensive coordinator. And we're still stuck with Scott Linehan. Winning 11 games a year just to lose the first playoff game we play. We get, we get about and then lose in the second round. But the thing is, if... Dak had been playing in this offense this entire time. Like, I wouldn't have had him at 17 to begin with. And I guess you can flip that as, okay, so it wasn't his fault. It was the offense. No, no, no. No. It's this offense. I mean, again, I I do think Dak Prescott is probably, I bet at this point, I for sure will put him above Mitch. That was on me. My fault. Um... I had been ahead of him at the time, I believe. I don't I don't have the exact list in front of me. But, I mean, this was weeks and weeks and weeks ago. And the thing was, the list was just who would I want my quarterback to be. Like, And that includes age and everything. But even now that we've seen Ben was awful in week one, and then he gets hurt, he has to miss the entire season. But, like, honestly... At the time of that, if you told me this is a one-game sample size, like I would have rather had Ben. I would have. I mean, even if you were even right here, right now, with everything we've seen, if you told me I was getting a healthy Ben for a playoff game, I think I might would still take Ben at this point. 
I don't know. Dak showing up every single week. Like, I'm sitting back. I'm, I'm chilling. I'm not out here bashing Dak Prescott. And if he does this all year, then great. Then he is a top 10 quarterback, and I was wrong. Like, I will gladly admit that to y'all. But I do think we need to calm down just a little bit. Just a little bit. He's played an awful Giants team, an awful racial slurs team, about to play the worst team in the league this Sunday. Then the Saints without Drew Brees. We're going to get a month of football. Dak Prescott's going to look like God's gift to earth. (laughs) And y'all are still going to be in my mentions every single day. Every single day. And if I was as petty as y'all, I would go dig up y'all's bad tweets. But we ain't got time for that. Y'all out here tweeting me 9.30 on a Tuesday morning. What you think about Dak? Yeah, he's been pretty good. I don't I don't know what you want me to say to that. I'm genuinely rooting for Dak to succeed because I'm rooting for the Cowboys to succeed to succeed. And I don't think they've ever had a chance like this. I mean, as we've mentioned, they start off the first four games of the year are the Giants, the racial slurs, the Dolphins, then you go to the Saints, but obviously now they don't have Drew Brees. Your first real game is week five, which is at home against the Packers. I mean, then you go to the Jets, you have the Eagles, you go to the Giants. I mean, I'm okay. I don't normally like to do the let's break things down game by game, but like to prove a point here that they, I'm not sure I've ever had an opportunity, a chance like this. Yo, <laughs> the Cowboys are a 23-point favorite this week against the Dolphins. I saw it open at like 21, but God. Um, so yeah, you'll win the first four games for sure. I think you'll beat the Packers at home too, though. That's five. You'll go beat the Jets at six at home against the Eagles. We know how good the Eagles are, but we've also seen them look not great this year and it's at home. So what we're going to call that, you could really start the year off seven and zero. Then you go to the Giants. I think you're going to win that eight and zero. you host the Vikings you could win nine at the Lions. Could maybe be tough, but I even think you would win that. That's ten. You could start the season off ten and zero. Then you go lose to the Patriots. Uh, then you would beat the Bills at the Bears. Even that, I think you'd win at home against the Rams. Would be tough. Let's call that a loss. And let's say you lose at Philly. You're looking at thirteen and three. You were looking at 13-3. and three. Like, they have to do this. Honestly, so far, my biggest, uh, I don't want to call it a problem, but my biggest issue or question mark so far with the Cowboys would be, I mean, obviously the defense, because there's nothing to worry about. Like, there's no issue with the offense at all. But we went into this season, and, and maybe I was bigger on the defense than a lot of, or than other people, but... I really looked at this as what I thought was going to for sure be the best Cowboys defense I've seen. And I, I think they still can be. I'm not saying that, but they have been a bit underwhelming so far. And, and I think there is something to be said about the fact that they haven't really had to play a great game defensively. But, and again, they won't have to for a few weeks. But, uh, I mean, week five against the Packers, you're really going to have to be there. And if this defense looks anything like it's looked so far, I think Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers is going to do his thing either way. I mean, they just are. But is this defense, if it doesn't, if we don't start to see him, like at what point do we start to panic a little bit? Not panic, but 
At, at what point do we say, oh, no? Because we thought this was going to be a huge strength for us. And obviously we didn't know the offense was going to be this good. But it's going to make for some shootouts in the playoffs. <laughs> we are going to see some high-scoring playoff games if this defense doesn't get a lot better very quickly. Uh, moving on from the Cowboys, I, I wanted to talk about the uh, the player empowerment era. We are it, We are seeing it begin. Uh, people are starting to compare the NFL to the NBA, and I think it's really funny because they make that sound like it's a bad thing. Like, oh no, the NFL is turning into the NBA. Like, what, so players have power? <laughs> like, I, I didn't realize that was a bad thing. Now, it is, it is funny how quickly it's happening or how much it's happening, you know, from the jump. In the last, what, two weeks, we've seen... I believe like six players off the top of my head that have asked for or demanded a trade. Speaking of, we'll keep it Cowboys related for just one second. Taco Charlton's out here cutting up on Twitter, talking about free me. God, they were trying. <laughs> they were trying. No one wanted you. And then he deletes the tweet, comes back and says, believe me, the last thing I would ever want to do is have to take to social media just so I can play the sport that I love. Nah, dude, you believe me? I think the last thing the Cowboys would ever want to do is have to cut a first-round pass rusher. But here we are. <laughs> the funniest part of all of it, though, the team that picked him up, the team that's actively tanking harder than I've ever seen anyone tank <laughs> in my entire life. I don't know, but, I mean, if he, I mean, this is best-case scenario for Taco. I don't think it's going to be any different, though. You know, when it happens to the Rangers, we're like, oh, no, he wasn't good for us, but you know he's going to be great somewhere else. Kind of happens with the Mavericks a little bit, too, though, but like, I'm not really worried about it on this one. <laughs> I don't think Taco is ever going to amount to anything. He'll start for the Dolphins for the next two or three years unless they are able to, to, to draft, you know, pass rushers this year. But <laughs> looking at the rest of it, um, this player empowerment era – Obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick was involved uh, with the Dolphins, and, and he got traded. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has come out, and I don't know about y'all, but I would have paid any dollar amount it took to see how sassy of, a, of an interaction that was. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, by far the sassiest player in the league. I would have paid a lot of money for that. But my thing is, and y'all know me if you listen to the show, I am... 99.9% of the time, pro player, pro get your money, pro, you know, get whatever, whatever it is. And I'm seeing a lot, a lot of people are having problems with this. And I'm not talking about old white men. <laughs> I'm talking about like people our age are not here for this at all. And I, I will never understand that i think bomani not I, I i think i'm aware bomani jones was really the first person to to i guess bring this to light or whatever but in what other scenario are fans regular people ever taking the side of the employer over the employee like the one be like as a regular person like, we all, for the most part, work for somebody else, right? <laughs> like, 
I, I don't know a whole lot of billionaires. <laughs> I don't understand how you are, how people are just taking the side of billionaires over employees. And don't get me wrong, there are some instances in which it feels a bit egregious. You know, people that are still got two, three years on their contract left, talking about a holdout, talking about demanding a trade. Like, okay, I can I can understand why people have a problem with that. I personally don't because the only time that ever happens is like with a running back and this is his one chance to get paid. Uh, they're, they're going to have to change that. They are going to have to change that. My only problem though with this player empowerment era isn't with the players or how they're going about it necessarily, but I don't think it's going to work in the long run for them. And that's my problem. My problem is for them because I, they can't continue this at this rate. I think the owners are going to step in pretty quickly. And I mean, I think we're probably going to see some collusion here. Y'all don't think owners are going to get together and be like, no, we are not allowing this to happen. No more demanding trade. We do not trade anyone that's demanding a trade. Like, let's not fall for it. Let's change this. And usually the owners get what they want. The owners almost always get what they want. So I, I'm here for player empowerment. I am. I'm just not sure if they're going to be able to keep this up at this rate. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm here for it. It's interesting. This past week, the past two weeks, we've seen more content. I mean, every time you look on the TV, every time you look on ESPN, that's what they're talking about. What else would they have talked about on that Tuesday? Overreaction of, you know what I mean? Like, I'm here for it. it, it I'm here for all the interesting, all the entertainment, all the content possible. I just don't know if y'all are going to be able to keep this up. One thing, one last thing I did want to talk about NFL related. Have y'all noticed how bad these primetime games have been? Like, normally week two through two weeks in the NFL, we are riding that high. Football's finally back. We're watching it all weekend long. We got college football. We're, we're watching on Sunday, Monday night. We even got Thursday night. Like, we have all this content, and, and we're so excited. But man, we have already watched more awful football games than it feels like we that you get in a year. And Thursday night doesn't count. Thursday night doesn't count because by design, Thursday night football is just set up to suck. <laughs> like I was actually thinking about it the other day. <clears throat> and Thursday night football is really almost it's not, but it's almost closer to like watching a preseason game than it is an actual regular season football game. Because a lot of the time they're having to go with like vanilla basic schemes. How deep are they getting into their playbook? I mean, nobody's at 100%. You know what I mean? Yet every Thursday night, the proof that I will tune in every Thursday night as I'm recording this, what what am I watching? Jags Titans. And it's an awful game. The Jags are up at the moment. 17-0. 17-0. Titans driving, though. I would, I would love a Delaney Walker touchdown. But, so Thursday night doesn't count. Well, except for the first game, though. That first game of the season, it's Packers-Bears. These are two teams that very well could make the playoffs. They're rivals. Like, we're here for this. And it winds up being just an awful, awful game. Um, 
I don't remember what the first Sunday night football was, but this past Sunday night, another one of those Eagles-Falcons. This should be a shootout. This will be fun. No, that game, it ended. the ending was awesome. The final quarter of that game was great. Inject, inject that like straight into my veins. That was awesome. But the first three quarters of that was just awful. And then Monday Night Football, Browns-Jets. And I will give them a little bit of, of a pass there because Sam Darnold got mono like a 14-year-old. <laughs> That's not their fault. And then Trevor Simeon breaks his leg. <laughs> like, it's not their fault. And going into that season, again, Browns-Jets, we had all convinced ourselves the Browns were great. <laughs> and not great, but we had all convinced ourselves they're for sure going to the playoffs. A lot of people thought they're probably going to win that division, and they probably still will. But they have not looked good at all through the first two weeks. And a lot of people had uh, the Jets as a dark horse possible wild card team. I'm not saying, that's the point though, right? I'm not saying that the NFL is bad at scheduling primetime games. Now, I'm about to say that. (laughs) I'm about to say that. But to this point, it hasn't even been their fault. It hasn't been a matter of they just can't schedule primetime games. No, there's just been a lot of bad football. And, you know, you get it when it's week 9, week 10, week 11. A lot of people have been, you know, starting to get hurt. Teams are starting to realize, oh, maybe, you know, this just isn't our year. But two weeks into the season, I don't know that we've ever complained about football two weeks into the season. And maybe I'm the only one complaining. I don't know. But we have seen some really, really, really bad games so far. Now, I had mentioned that I was going to get to complaining about the scheduling of the primetime games. This is egregious, dude. Looking at the Monday night football schedule for the entire season. Let's run through this real quick. The The opening game was Saints-Texans. Okay, I'm here for that. And it was very sloppy, but it wound up being a really fun game to watch. And then after that was Raiders-Broncos. Like, okay, we always get the doubleheader. It's always a West Coast team. It's always the Raiders. Like, okay, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. And again, as we talk about with the Browns-Jets, that wasn't bad scheduling. But after having to watch that crap, this coming week, we get Bears at racial slurs. And if you think, okay, it can't get worse than those two weeks back-to-back, then it's Bengals at Steelers. Even if Ben hadn't got hurt, that's still an awful game to watch. Then you get Browns 49ers, which it turns out, if if the Niners keep this up, that might wind up being a good game, but it was weird scheduling. Then it finally starts to get a little bit better. Lions at Packers, but then it's it's Patriots, Jets. It's Dolphins, Steelers, Cowboys, Giants, Seahawks, 49ers. I mean... What is this Monday night football schedule? <laughs> this is awful. I these are primetime games that the NFL is going out of their way to schedule. Come on now. Okay, we're s- slowly starting to wrap this up a little bit. Thank y'all so much to everyone who has rocked with me. Um, I love doing shows solo because you kind of get into your own little groove and you ramble and whatever. But y'all don't know or maybe you do just by listening, how much I miss Alex. Um, (laughs) So y'all bear with me here. But I had mentioned, and again, with with the website and everything, uh, we won't have to do this in general. But again, I'm hoping some new people are here and everything, so I want to give you an idea of what the website itself will be. 
So we're going to do a little bit more in-depth reviews than we normally do on the show. Um, I, I want to start with the movie review, if that's cool with y'all. And It Chapter 2 is what we're going to do. Um, again, this is spoiler-free. I'm not going to spoil anything for y'all. I feel like a lot of the people that want to see it too at this point probably have. But again, I'm I'm not going to even put y'all in that position. Um, Looking at the ratings for it, it chapter two on Rotten Tomatoes. If this would hurry up. And you're probably thinking, can't you just hit pause and then start recording again when it pulls up? Yeah, could have. Could have, but if I have to sit through it, apparently y'all do too. It Chapter 2, Rotten Tomatoes score. Now I want to preface this by saying, in general, this is not a bad score. It's not a great score, but it's not bad. I'll go see a movie with this rating, but you're, this is not what you were hoping from It Chapter 2. It's a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, but has a 79% audience score, and I kind of thought that would be the case. Um, people ride for Stephen King very hard. And I'm a, I'm a huge Stephen King nerd. I own uh, over 70 of his novels. Now, I haven't read over 70 of his novels, but I ride for Stephen King as hard as anybody I know. But I, you already knew, I, I think there was just a big percentage of the people that were going to like It Chapter 2 no matter what. Uh, at the same time, there's people like me and Was. I'm not letting Was talk about it. Chapter two, <laughs> when we come talk about when we do our our first episode together, which will be for the Joker, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to go very far out of my way to avoid letting him talk about it. Chapter two, because he was not here for it at all, at all. And I will say, again, without giving anything away, the acting in it was great, and and, and it had a great cast. We expected the acting to it, or in it to be great, but it was even better than I had expected. But it did feel like, yeah, y'all are acting y'all's asses off, and this is great, but the content just isn't what we want to see you be acting your ass off to. And I had kind of thought coming into it, it just happens to be one of those movies where Part one was going to be better than part two. Not only because of how well it was executed, and and it was a great movie. Uh, I actually went and saw it again in theaters. They were showing it uh, the week before It Chapter 2 came out. And I've already seen it. I saw it, I believe, three times in theaters. And I've rented it through Redbox, I believe, twice since then. So I've seen this movie like five times. And I'm still going to the theaters to see it again the week before It Chapter 2 comes out. And I enjoyed it as much as the first time. Some people are saying it doesn't, it hasn't aged well. It, it's not holding up the way we wanted it to. I don't agree with that at all. But it also came out at just this perfect time. It was set in the '80s. It's kids like we we were riding the Stranger Things high. People are digging the '80s nostalgia. Like it, Chapter One was just going to be better than it, Chapter Two. Um, that being said. It, unfortunately, was much, much, much better than It Chapter 2. Um, I'll go ahead and give my rating and as we continue to ramble here. Um, just in case we have new people, I will break down the scale again, and I know no one cares about the scale. But um, anything lower than a 4 is like, okay, 
I'm never watching that again for any reason. And you just heard me explain how many times I, I watched it. Like, I love, 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 love rewatching movies. So anything lower than a four is just bad. Like, no, we're never seeing that again. Um, six is where you get to the, yeah, I'm definitely, this is a movie that I'll definitely rewatch multiple times. Uh, once you get past six, so the seven range is like, yo, I'm, I'm going to go see that again in theaters. Like, that was a really, really, really good movie. Eight is top three, top five movies I'm going to see this year, and nine is as good as it gets. There's no such thing as a ten. When I ask people to give me a one to ten on a movie and they tell me a ten, I'm like, oh, so I'm just never asking your opinion on movies again. <laughs> but no, a nine, um, that's, that's maybe two a year. I'll give maybe two movies a year a nine i'm not sure i've given a nine yet this year if i did it was for once upon a time in hollywood but even then i think i like capped off at like eight and a half what will be a nine i'm telling you before we even get to see it is queen and slim which comes out in november i believe the it's written by lena waith stars daniel kalua that's the movie i've been the most excited about this entire year i'm very excited for daniel Kalua or for uh, queen and slim but for It Chapter 2, and again, I've only seen it one time at this point. I do want to see it again in theaters one more, at least one more time, but I'm going to go with like a five and a half here. It was, I will say this, it's a very long movie. I believe it's three hours or almost, and it doesn't ever feel like, all right, we're still doing this. Like, can we wrap this up? It does keep you entertained, for the most part, for that three hours. It just is, again, without spoiling anything, it, it, it this movie specifically is kind of tough to talk about, but, um, it, you know, everyone, the first thing people ask you is, well, how scary was it? Was it scarier than it, part one, or than part one? And it almost feels like that's not really what it was going for. Don't get me wrong, it has its moments, and it's set up to have its moments, but even some of those, like, you know, if you're a big enough nerd, you go in, like, as you're watching, you're like, oh, okay, this is one of those moments. Like, they're really going to bring it right here. And it feels like not only did they not bring it, it, again, almost feels like that they weren't even trying. That wasn't the point. And and y'all know me. I'm not one of those people. Like it doesn't have to be super scary. It doesn't have to be scary at all. Like, I love like uh, maybe my second, third favorite movie of the year was Midsummer, and it's not really scary at all. It's just weird. And again, it wasn't really trying to be scary. But with it, Chapter Two, it feels like there were just plenty of moments where you really wanted them to bring it, and not only did they not, it really felt like they weren't even trying. And I'm fine with that. But as, as if you haven't seen it and you're listening to my recommendation, I might would keep that in mind going into it. Um, most of the people I've talked to have felt the same way. Um, and I think the disappointing part is, I hate to use that word back to back, some people are walking away from this thing disappointed. And that does bum me out because I'm not disappointed in it. Um, like I said, definitely a movie I'll see again. Uh, it just... I think, I don't know if people, we definitely set our expectations too high. That's on us. 
And I do feel like there's definitely blame to be placed on, on the film itself, but it's not one of those movies that we're going to look back on and be like, damn, they just really missed on it too, huh? I think it's just one of those movies that maybe we're not going to look back on a lot. I think a lot of people will be like, yeah, it was great. It, it Part two was okay, but it was so good. Part one was so good that I think we'll probably just remember it and keep it moving. <laughs> More than anything, I think we have almost, almost reached the end of the Stephen King renaissance. Uh, we obviously have Dr. Sleep coming out in, I believe it's November, early November. And for those of you that don't know what Dr. Sleep is, if you haven't seen the, the trailers and everything, it is the sequel to The Shining. A long-awaited sequel. The book literally was written, I believe, in 2013. So, like, there's a huge, huge, huge gap between the two. But we have Dr. Sleep coming. I, off the top of my head, I, I don't know that there's any other confirmed. And I think we should probably call it quits there. The Stephen King renaissance has been fun. I mean, uh, they redid Carrie. What was that? Probably five or six years ago. We got both of the It's. We got Dark Tower. We got uh, uh, Pet Cemetery, And I think what we've learned, if we didn't learn it a long time ago, which I thought we had. I thought we'd figured this out. But I guess enough time passed. We've got more uh, creative uh, you know, directors and filmmakers. Let's give it another shot. Oh, Gerald's Game was another one. Gerald's Game was good. But Mike Flanagan's good. Mike Flanagan happens to be the one directing um, Dr. Sleep as well. But I think after Dr. Sleep, we should just hang it up call it quits because Stephen King is an amazing writer. He's, he's the, the best horror writer of all time. But there's something about his books that just really don't translate that well to film. And I hate it because I'm a horror nerd. I'm a Stephen King nerd. I want to be enjoying these things. But if you really stop to think about it, how many great Stephen King novels have also been great movies. Carrie was great. The Shining was great. But Stephen King hates Stanley Kubrick's Shining. Hated it. Probably because it's the least like the source material. And that's further proving the point, right? Like, to really, really, really do his work well in film, like, you almost have to just change it up a good bit. His books just don't translate. And, and for people that haven't read a lot of Stephen King books, that might be kind of hard to, to understand or like, well, what is it? But reading his books, there's just so much tension at, at all times, and I think that's just really hard to carry over. Um, like, we, uh, like I said, Carrie, both of the It's, um, <laughs> or The Shining, obviously. But outside of that, it's like, uh, Misery was great. I forgot about Misery. Misery was great. Um, but how many others even are, like, I mean, the original Pet Cemetery, the new Pet Cemetery, Cujo. Like, really think about it. Cujo. A killer dog? We're, we're stuck in a car and there's a killer dog? Like, how is that going to transfer to film? <laughs> like, Pet Cemetery is about I mean, can I, I, I guess I can explain to you all Pet Cemetery, right? But Pet Cemetery is what it sounds like. 
you bury pets there, they come back to life. What if we did this with a person? Like, terrifying to read, but in hindsight, maybe that's not a great idea for a movie, huh? <laughs> um, that's all I got movie-related. Uh, like I said, we'll be doing The Joker, and I promise it will be a lot better than this. It won't be freestyled. Well, it will be freestyled. But we will have just walked out of the theater. Was is Was has a lot of strong opinions when it comes to movies, and I think y'all are really, really, really going to enjoy what we do uh, with the with the drive home stuff. So please be on the lookout for that. And if you're using this as a template, maybe don't do that. <laughs> We're going to move on real quick. And this is going to be the last thing I do, I think, but um, we review a lot of, a lot of music and a lot of albums. And again, because it's been a minute since we've been on here, this is my first opportunity to get to talk about it. Uh, Post Malone's third studio album, Hollywood's Bleeding. And I'm a huge Post fan. I think I've made that pretty clear through the podcast and everything. Um, you look back at, at what his career has been so far and specifically talking about the albums. He comes out of nowhere. We didn't really know a lot about Post Malone when he had dropped Stoney. We just knew him as, oh, yeah, like the White Iverson dude. Like, And at the time, I'll be honest, I didn't even really like White Iverson because it had been so overplayed. But... I remember sitting down and listening to Stoney for the first time and I'm like just digging every track on there and then you get to White Iverson and you're like, yeah, I'm not turning this. Like It fits so well on the album. So, so I mean, we get up for Post Malone. We ride very, very, very hard for Post Malone. Uh, I, I went and saw the Stoney tour when he, when he came to Dallas at uh, Bomb Factory and Post Malone's in that very good live, but he puts on an amazing show. So no one had any complaints with it. We get very excited for the second album. And I want to preface this by saying, I know a lot of y'all like beer bongs and Bentleys. I know. I, however, don't love it. I don't love, I mean, let, like, let's look at the track list. And how many of these songs do I listen to today? Spoil My Night, dope song. Zack and Codeine is boppy or whatever, but I like Zack and Codeine. Rockstar was a hit. Rockstar was a hit, but I don't be listening to that song now. Psycho, I'll listen to Psycho. Uh, Candy Payton, Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray is one of my favorite Post Malone songs of all time. I think it's an amazing outro to the album. But how many is that? One, two, three, four, five. There are five songs of Beer Bongs and Bentley that I would like regularly listen to to this day. And I know a lot of y'all like Over Now and... Uh, What's the other one y'all like? Uh, stay, better now. Taking shots is alright, but I like I'm not listening to those songs on my own. If y'all play them and, and I'm in the car with you, like I'm not gonna ask you to turn it or nothing. But five songs after Stony, after this man gives us Stony, he drops his next album is an album that I to this day will listen to five songs off of. That being said, I, so. You know, considering that, I was very nervous for this third album. I was very nervous for it because I was afraid if I get another Beer Bong and Bentley album, I'm gonna rock. I'm gonna rock with it for what a month, and then I'm gonna be I'm, like at that point after what Stony was. You drop those two back to back albums, we're gonna start to get a little nervous. We're gonna start questioning Post Malone, but he brings Hollywood's Bleeding, and I love this album i love it and and the crazy thing is everyone i've talked to 
either loves this album and doesn't really like Beer Bongs and Bentley, or they really, really, really like Beer Bongs and Bentley and they're not crazy about this album. But just the ones that I have downloaded. It's a 16-track album, and I have 12 of them. And I gotta admit, I've been off my game the last week or two. I need to go back and check out whatever the other four were that I don't have downloaded. But all 12 of these are songs that once they come through, if I'm listening to music while I'm driving, a lot of time I just listen to podcasts or whatever, but if I'm listening to music while I'm driving, it's almost always on shuffle. I have incredible music on my phone, and I like to have it shuffled up. So I'm always always on shuffle, but it's one of those deals where any time one of these 12 songs that I have come on, I immediately just go back to the album and start listening to it uh, just as a whole. And I'm not going to go through every single track on here or anything, but Enemies featuring the baby. The baby put baby on anything, and and he's going to kill it. We've gotten to that point. I don't even rock with a lot of new rappers, but put the baby on anything, and I'm here for it. That was a great track. Um, the Die for Me, which was which featured both Future and Halsey. That's a banger. Um, but it's more of the songs that you wouldn't have thought that you were really going to rock with like a thousand bad times is my favorite song on the album i think aside from the two um singles which were uh goodbye goodbyes featuring young thug love that song and then circles love circles love those but once you get past the singles i think a thousand bad times is my favorite one on there that are internet and both of those are if you really think about our two songs like it's kind of surprising that those are the two that I rock with so hard but I love this album and I think it, I think we got a much 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 more focused Post Malone this time I think I've spent a lot of time analyzing this so Stoney comes out and this dude is a surprise star we rocked with the Stoney album so hard that he literally you know the song uh my favorite song off Stoney was um, Yours Truly, Austin Post. And he, the, the hook is literally, I just came down from the high of my life. Like, this dude is riding this crazy high that he never would have thought he had. And I think it was just going to be very hard for him to bring it like that again for the second album. But what you got was a very, very, very passionate artist who had a lot to prove hadn't done anything before, and just absolutely puts everything he's got into every track. And we get this masterpiece of Stoney. Stoney is the best debut album of the last almost a decade. It is, in my opinion, the best debut album of the last five years. Um, if we're talking decade, I, I personally have Chief Keef's Finally Rich as the best debut album of the decade, but I think a lot of people would argue with that, and I think a lot of people would put Stoney above it. That being said, again, you get this very passionate artist who, who's putting everything he's got into every verse, every hook, every track. And then for Beer Bongs and Bentley, and Bentley's, what you have is a very famous artist and a very mainstream artist who it felt like, literally, to me, every track on that album is just an attempt to, like, how mainstream can we make it? And hey, I I get it. Like, if you're Post Malone, that's largely, until 
you continue to to build this fan base, which I think he is at the point where he's built the fan base, and I'll get to that. But I think at that point in time, he need like that probably was the best move for Post Malone to be like, yo, how mainstream can we make every single track? I want every single track to be on the radio. Uh, I want y'all tweeting it. You know what I mean? And that was shown in the music again, like. One of the most popular songs off of that, Zach and Codeine, like that's a very boppy mainstream song. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but a lot, it's just in comparison. Because when you look at Stoney, very little of that was an attempt at being mainstream. Like a lot of the great tracks off of there, like I said, yours truly, Austin Pope, um, like Big, uh, Big Lie, Go Flex. Like these were not attempts at going viral, at going mainstream. They were just really good songs that he was passionate about. And I think the reason why I like Hollywood's Bleeding so much more than I liked Beer Bongs and Bentleys is I think he got past that. I think we got a very, very, very much more focused Post Malone. Somebody who has gotten to the point where he knows pretty good and well his strengths, his weaknesses, and what he actually wants to do. I don't think there was a lot of, like, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm going to, you know, like, this is what I'm trying to be on beer bongs and Bentleys. I think what we finally got with Hollywood's Bleeding is I don't have to prove anything to anybody anymore. I'm going to make the music that I enjoy. And that's when you start getting more like putting your heart and soul into the tracks and putting like everything you've got into it. And I think that's exactly what Hollywood's Bleeding is. I It's it's obviously not Stony. We're never getting another Stony again. And we're not asking for it. Like We know we're not getting it. That means that Hollywood, Hollywood's Bleeding is one of those albums that if he never puts anything out again that's even close to it, like, I can live with that. We got two great albums from this dude. Like, I'm here for it. Um, and to take it a step further, and again, I've really slacked on music this year. It's been this gradual decline year after year after year. And I've gotten to the point now where I do check out albums from artists here and there but for the most part to check out a full album it has to be an artist that i already like and that i was anticipating this album and i feel like we've been let down a little bit chance the rapper finally puts out an album which i don't know that we wanted i like mixtape chance <laughs> but that album was awful it just was not good at all but don't let that awful album distract you from the fact that Chance the Rapper gave us 10-Day, Acid Rap, and Surf. Oh, and Color Book. But I think Hollywood's Bleeding might be my favorite album of the year so far. I don't know. Young Thug brought it. And I probably listened to that album as much as I... Not right now, because obviously Hollywood's Bleeding is still like relevant and still fresh. But, I mean, what? Thug came out like two weeks, maybe? three weeks before Hollywood's Bleeding did. So, I don't know. There's not much time left in the year. And off top, I can't think of anybody dropping an album that I'm really anticipating. But if we walk out of this year with Hollywood's Bleeding as my favorite album, like, yeah, I'm more than fine with that. That's perfectly fine with me. Like, And again, I'm doing this off the top, so I'm sure there's some albums that I'm just not thinking about at all. Anderson Pack gave us two, and they were good. They were good. Oxnard was all right. <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't what I was expecting. But 
Hit me up on Twitter at Tyler underscore Linda. What are some of y'all's favorite albums of the year? Because I'm genuinely, like, as soon as I get done recording this, I know I'm going to start going through my phone and be like, oh, damn, I left a lot of stuff off. But um, I'm curious to see what some of y'all's favorite albums are. And by the way, again, if there's anybody new, um, I'm going to continue to ask rhetorical questions, especially when I don't have Alex here because I'm literally just talking into a microphone. And when it's me and Alex... You know, it's obviously two people feeding off of each other, and we still want y'all's opinions and everything, but for the most part, if it's just me, I don't like this idea of you're just stuck listening there, or you're just stuck there listening to me, like, force all these opinions on you. Like, I would love, uh, I always like when y'all interact and everything, so if you hate my take on Hollywood's Bleeding, let me know. If you love it, let me know, like, just... Anything we've said on the show, obviously, for those of you that listen like regularly and everything, sorry that I have to keep giving this bill, but we are getting more and more new listeners that aren't really um, that, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but I guess familiar with the show, but um, we're always, always, always looking for feedback. So that's going to do it. Y'all have no idea how excited I am to get the website started and everything to uh, just start giving y'all more and more content and to start doing just different stuff. I mean, again, we will always, always, always have the show where it's what it's always been talking sports, making fun of stuff, but taking it serious because we love sports. But I'm so excited to get to do more stuff like this, like uh, movie reviews, album reviews, talk about absolutely nothing and just having fun with it. So um hopefully y'all are even half as excited for this as i am uh we'll also be blogging some like i said uh i think october will be really fun to blog a lot about movies and stuff i don't know how much sports blogging i'm gonna do just because i'm at a point now where it's like you can either listen to my opinion or i don't like i don't know that i really want to write a lot about sports at this point but um we've also got i don't i don't want to give anything away but we've also maybe, I've already mentioned was, so that's one, but we may or may not be um, expanding a little bit. And there will always be people that y'all are familiar with, people that have been on the show before, people that we're you know, constantly referencing on the show. But there is just so much more content that we're about to be giving you that we just haven't really had the opportunity to give before. So I'm very excited for that. And again, I want to say one last time, uh, we don't get sentimental on here very often. This is a place where we go to make fun of stuff and have fun. But yeah, I just want to say thank y'all so much for sticking with us the way y'all have. Uh, I know it's been a long time since we gave y'all any content, so we're doing our best to make up for it by giving you way more than you ever asked for. But I just appreciate it so much. Uh, we haven't grown to the point that obviously we would like to, but what we do have is a very, 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 very dope, very loyal fan or not, I don't want to say fan base not a fan base I'm sorry for using that word but following for like audience the people that like this show love this show and they're listening every week and if we go a long enough time without doing a show you are more than comfortable letting us know that and we appreciate that so um you know we used to end the show with we'll talk to y'all next week unless they cancel us but can't do that anymore we can't be can't well I guess Twitter could cancel us, but I think we're a very long way away from having to worry about that. So for the for, for the foreseeable future, they can't cancel us. Um, if you made it this far, 
both into the show and here. If you've made it this far in terms of listening to the show until we wind up getting a website, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. Be on the look for the website. Uh, we'll be posting the show on Spotify now, and hopefully uh, iTunes won't be far behind it. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, um, to this point, you would always listen to it on SoundCloud through You Can Argue That Sports, and we will still be rocking with them. Um, I believe I mentioned this earlier, but just the, the way that we got to You Can Argue That Sports is the exact reason why we're still rocking with them. We had just got, got done doing the, uh, the live show every Friday night. And it, it wasn't like, oh, what are, what are you going to do? Like, we have to be associated with someone. We can't just do a podcast. It's just us. Like, no, we very well could have. We didn't need to be associated with anybody, like with another network or anything. You know what I mean? And the same goes for them. They didn't just, oh, we need whatever content we can get. If they're the only ones, they're the only ones. Like, no, they were doing perfectly fine. We just are very like-minded people. Um, we all rock with each other and we're all trying to do the same thing and, and hoping that the other ones have success with it. So we will still be rocking with, you can argue that sports, big shout out to them. They've been rocking with us for a long time. We've been rocking with them for a long time. Y'all go check out. You can argue that sports.com. Uh, not only will this podcast be on there, but they do uh, multiple other shows and, and they have articles coming out. So y'all go rock with them, please. Um, Again, one more, one last shout out, huge, huge, huge shout out to, to the homie Luke Batchelder for making all of this possible with the website and everything. Um, that man is working his ass off right now to make all this possible. And y'all have no idea how much I appreciate that and how much I appreciate y'all for sticking with us. So um, I don't know what the next episode is going to be. Um, we for sure will be doing once a week, at least with the sports. Uh, the next movie review, as we've mentioned multiple times, is The Joker, which I believe comes out October 4th. Um, me and him will definitely do an episode between now and then to see how um, the drive the drive home works. If it works well, then we'll post that as well. But just be on the lookout. Um, we're going to start getting much more active with the Twitter account, which is at TSM. But if you don't already follow that, please go ahead and do so. But... Um, I'll, I'll constantly be quoting it anytime we post something for the people that don't follow it already and Alex will as well follow me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Lennon follow Alex on Twitter at Crazy Alex that is C-R-A-Z-E-Y Alex um, that's all we got man R.P. my little brother Peyton Kaufman until the next time love y'all